when an inventor of something gives you a clear and concise warning, you would assume that society would listen to the warning and make sure they take the necessary precautions based upon the information that they have. However, looking at our school system and what's happening with the increase of technology in children's hands and now enabling AI in order to make decisions with bias, we clearly have not heeded the warnings. Sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden here on the America Out Loud Network. America Emboldened. Greg, I feel emboldened. You don't know the founding fathers. You don't know what they did. You don't know what they sacrificed. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, Bold Americans, to another episode of America Emboldened. As always, I'm your host, Greg Bolden, here on the America Out Loud Network. You can check out all my colleagues' work, americaoutloud.news, keeping you with America First views and news. Very important, as well as the 24-7 America Out Loud talk radio available in all of your favorite app stores and on all of those devices. Also, don't forget, you can now support me on Patreon, p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com backslash America Emboldened. It's a great way to get extra content from me. Do you miss having five shows a week? Well, there's five shows a week if you become a paying member. So I highly recommend you doing that. Uh, In the future, there will also be some long form interviews coming in 2024. I'm very excited. Let's build that family together. All you have to do is register with your email address. You can register for free or you can choose to be a subscriber. Uh, That's going to keep all my journalism 100% independent and free from any type of influence of sponsors whatsoever. All right, you heard me at the top of the show. You know, we get warnings from creators every so often. And I'm not sure as society, we do a good job in heeding those warnings. When Steve Jobs first developed the iPhone, all right, he sat there and he's like, well, look, here's this iPhone. After that, he modeled the iPad. He stated that he would not allow his kids to spend time on these devices because they felt that these devices would be bad for them. Don't want to take Steve Jobs' word for it? Well, Bill Gates did the exact same thing. Both Gates and Jobs chose to restrict their kids' access to technology and screen time. They both felt that that would be bad. So what did we do as society? Well, as society, we decided that we were going to replace textbooks with iPads and textbooks with Chromebooks. And we started saying, well, you know what? The kids' backs, they won't hurt as much because they won't have to carry all these textbooks around and we can get everything right on a Chromebook. It will be free. It will be easy. No problem whatsoever. And then what did the parents start doing? The parents started buying tablets. Amazon Fire tablets got really cheap during like the the prime deal sales. They were like, what, $50? So people started buying these little seven-inch tablets for their toddlers to be able to play with. Well, if we had listened to the words of Steve Jobs, I'm pretty sure that the gentleman who's designing it knew just how addictive it could become in the hands, especially of impressionable young people. Let's not even take into consideration the amount of adults that are absolutely 
really, really addicted in bad, bad ways to technology. I want you to do something when you have an opportunity. If you are using a smartphone, a smart device, which about, I don't know what the exact number would be, but I would say probably eight out of every 10 Americans has a smartphone at this point in time uh, that's an adult. If you have that, I would like you to check what's called screen time. That is a spot in your settings where you can check inside a built-in app named Screen Time on both your uh, Apple device, as well as there's a way to check this on your Android devices. How many hours a day are you spending on your phones? What is your screen time average? And then how do you rank by age, right? If you are a two-year-old to four-year-old, currently they spend about two to two and a half hours of screen time. Now that's combined television as well as tablets. For kids five to eight, they spend over three hours a day. From eight to 12, you spend five hours a day. And then teenagers currently are spending about seven and a half hours a day. I started asking this question around to my Gen X friends and some of the boomers that are around me. Boomers were definitely uh, not as much as the Gen X. And then I asked millennials, are you aware that now adults are on their cell phone somewhere around four and a half hours a day? In fact, about four to six hours is the norm. When you get the boomers, it depends where you are in that age group. They're actually catching up now. Uh, they were at about three and a half, but there's some parts of boomers where we're seeing they're getting into like seven hours of screen time. Now, why is this something that we should be concerned about? Well, like I said, it's, it, it reminds me of the, uh, well, I didn't say this yet, but it reminds me of Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park, there was the quote about scientists didn't think about, uh, what was it? Your scientists were so preoccupied with whether they could, they didn't stop to think if they should, right? That's Jeff Goldblum's uh, character, Ian Malcolm. And he's talking about, you know, they shouldn't have done, put these dinosaurs, brought them back because it was going to have unintended consequences. Well, there's unintended consequences when you throw out the textbooks in schools. Now, I'm an educator. I have taught since 2001 various grades. I, I started off in sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. Then I took some time uh, in industry. After that, I went over to a college. After that, I spent some time teaching at the college, a radio course. I left education for a while, I went into youth ministry, real estate, and uh, broadcasting. And then I found my way back into the high school classroom, teaching what I went to school for, television and film and radio production. Now, I understand how addictive technology has been because I've grown up with it. Back in 2001, I had the little contact sheets used to write on. I would uh, write up sentences so people could identify uh, the subjects, the nouns, right? The predicates, verbs, going through your, your past, future, and present tense and labeling the sentences that I was putting up on that contact paper. And it would be projected with that strong light on the other side. You remember those pens? Kids would come up and they'd, they'd wipe with their finger the wrong answer and then put up the correct answer. Man, I miss those days. 2001, 2002, things were very, very simple. And during that time, we started getting more and more computers in the classroom. But you know what we did not have? We did not have high-speed internet access at the school that I worked at, the way that we have high-speed internet access. So I didn't spend any time during my school day going onto the internet to find YouTube clips or anything else because YouTube wasn't around at that point in time. 
And I remember a classroom where, as I was teaching, the, the most inattentive students were the ones that were looking off or fidgeting in their seats. Maybe occasionally I'd have a student that would fall asleep in class, but that was not really the norm. I would normally find that most of my students were attentive and with me. Later on, by the time I got into about 2007, 2008, I was teaching at a college. And at this point in time, technology was starting to increase. Everybody had their cell phones on them. Um, and we were getting into the age of the smartphones. But it still was not a distraction in the classroom. Students were still learning out of textbooks at the college that I taught at. Uh, we had a vision and kids would show up and they would work on that vision and make it happen. Then I took a hiatus. I got really involved in technology myself, making videos and promotionals for social media, working for different companies. And I understood how to get people to pay attention because the average individual right now, wait for this, has an attention span less than a goldfish. Yes, you can look that up. I'm not making that up. That is a fact. You are less than 8.5 seconds on your attention span. So the next time you watch modern television, watch how every four seconds, the six seconds, there's going to be a cut to another camera angle. The reason they do this is because people's attention span is too short now. We've dumbed down people with screen time that they've got to have something new in front of them in order to keep their attention. So fast forward to my classroom. I have administrators, I have teachers, and they ask me, why is it, Mr. Bolden, that students love your classroom? Well, it's because every single day that I go to work, I remember that the attention span of my students is very small, and I try to get them unplugged from the technology that they've been given. The irony in that is, during the pandemic, what did we do? We shut down all personal interaction, and we put everybody on Zoom calls, where people's health, uh, as far as mentally, started to go downhill. I cannot tell you the number of conversations that I had with teenagers during that time period that were in very, very bad clinical depression. They didn't know how to deal with this new reality where they could not go out on a date. Yes, I was hearing from teenagers saying, you know, Mr. Bolden, I'm 17 years old. I've never been on a date. And now I'm wondering if I ever will while I'm still in high school. Or, you know, Mr. Bolden, I'm supposed to have my prom this year. And now I'm not going to have prom because of this pandemic. My heart broke for them. But one thing I paid attention to was the screen time. Many times when I was on these Zoom calls with kids, I would notice that they have their cell phones in their hands or a PlayStation or Xbox controller. And you know what? There wasn't a damn thing that I could do about it from my seat in my house in Delaware. All I could do is just call out the student and be like, hey, can I get your attention? Johnny, can you please pay attention right now? And normally Johnny would be like, yeah, Mr. Bolden, absolutely. And then go right back to playing the video game. Well, that hasn't really gotten better since the pandemic. We are now in a crisis mode with education in our country because we haven't heeded the warning signs of what this means to put technology and cell phones into every student's hands. Now, there are some school districts that are starting to push back. And perhaps this is where this podcast is going, right? We need actionable moments here as bold Americans, as this family here, as I'm trying to build this community to figure out how can we take control of the conversation? What you're going to want to do at the end of this episode is you're wanting to get involved. You're going to want to get involved with your local school boards. You're going to want to make sure that they hear the data that I'm going to present. You can 
Take these articles I'm going to put in both on my website as well as the America Out Loud website, and you can cite some of these statistics and some of the things that uh, are happening in school districts that have banned cell phones in the classroom. Now, I think that the iPads, the Chromebooks, they're here to stay. Why? Because so many gazillions of dollars, <laughs> probably a billion dollars at this point, I should look that stat up, has gone into putting all this technology in the public schools, right? Even at the uh, private school where my children go to, we had to buy a Chromebook, a private Chromebook, in order for them to use and then put the software from the school on. The reason why these Chromebooks are all locked down and put into these softwares for monitor your kids is because the federal money that comes along to the schools with them makes sure that they have to have a safe environment to learn on. So they got to be able to be monitored and locked down. So before we even get into what you should do with cell phone stuff, parents, if you are a parent and your child has one of these devices, would you please talk to your children about never hooking up your personal cell phone to any school resource device? Never plug them in in order to charge them. Charge your phones the night before. Make sure you do not need to plug them into a state-owned device. Why am I telling you that? Because the state-owned devices immediately will ask a question. Do you want to trust this computer? And so many of my students will hit the trust button. Are you aware that it starts transferring your personal information to your Chromebook? Are you aware that school districts have access to that information? There is a reason why uh, people had to stop, uh, re start rethinking how the school districts were gathering this because you have to realize there could be teenagers that sent promiscuous pictures from one to another. And so the districts would be uh, in possession of child pornography. So <laughs> let's just put it this way. Teenagers will be teenagers. Uh, why don't you keep them and yourself free? Have an important talk with them about the importance of not putting up images of them in any type of compromising position, as well as make sure you talk to them about never connecting their phones to a school resource. Keep that private and off to the side with your own cellular network. The next thing you want to do if you have one of these state-owned devices, you want to make sure that you cover up the camera. Now, I know what people are going to say. They say, well, if the light's not on, the camera is not on. Well, look, there's lots of different softwares out there, and I know that they can be reverse engineered in order to spy on people. The last thing I would want is for somebody to compromise into some type of system around the United States and be able to see into your child's bedroom or wherever they're taking their Chromebook. Uh, so make sure that you're also practicing safety and responsibility there. All right, so let's get straight into phones now. I've been having conversations with parents at parties, uh, in school, my own school parents, the children that I teach. And one of the conversations that constantly comes up is about cell phones. People ask me, Greg, what is the, the number one reason why you believe it's, things are tough for teachers or what's the number one thing that's holding your students back? And I always will respond first and foremost with, we have a culture that is distracted on cell phones instead of a culture that is personal with one another. Kids do not know how to socialize. Running a radio station at my school and putting kids in front of a teleprompter where they got to speak, I watched their growth from freshman year until senior year because I forced them. They can no longer text. They got to pick up a phone and they got to call somebody and ask for an interview or be on the radio and take a phone call and speak with the person on the other side. 
Teenagers now are not used to doing that because everything can be summarized in shorthand on a text message. Let's break the cycle number one. With cell phone communication, stop ending everything with a quick text message and talk to your children and try to get your children to talk to their friends directly, not over emails and text messages. That's the first part. The second part is, can we agree to get the cell phones out of the schools completely? There is no need whatsoever for your child to have a cell phone in school. But, 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 Mr. Bolden, with school shootings, what if something happens? You know, there was X, Y, and Z that happened at this school before uh, that my kid went to. And now that they're at this school, I just, you know, I, I feel better safe with them there. Okay, parents, if that's your response, first, how are we so safe years ago going through school when there were still threats to the school uh, environment? It didn't just start last year. It didn't just start 10 years ago when your child was born reason I'm bringing this up is schools have phones. They have a reverse phone call process. Should there be an emergency, they can contact everybody at once or they can contact just you if you're needed. That's very important. Number two, if you've never practiced the run, hide, fight in a school to figure out how to keep your kids safe, should the proverbial S hit the proverbial fan, then you need to understand that the first thing you want to do is make sure all cell phones are put away so you don't create a distraction while you're trying to get everybody either silent or with a plan to escape. The last thing you want is everybody crying, sending goodbye text messages to mom and dad when you're fighting for survival, trying to have something happen. So we don't need cell phones in the midst of a school shooting or some type of tragedy. Not to mention, of course, we can go into how statistically improbable it will be for you to be involved in a school shooting. That stated, I know that there is still a possibility, but I mean, there's a possibility that we could get struck by lightning. You know what we do? We take precautions. We don't stand underneath trees. School shootings, you're aware, you prepare, but the statistical uh, like you know, liability of that is really not there. The likability of that happening uh, really is pretty much nil for the average person. So if we can agree to get the cell phones out, I want to tell you about why that's going to benefit your son and daughter. Before I can do that, I got to take a quick break here for the network, but I'm going to tell you exactly why on the flip side. Make sure you go over to americaoutloud.store in order to check out all the sponsors. They help support the network, which has been bringing you my show for the last 18 months. You can also go and support me. Go to patreon.com backslash America Emboldened. You can sign up for free. They get episodes first as soon as they launch on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Premium content coming to you by being a subscriber as well as long-form interviews. Your support via that platform directly supports me, the content creator. And I just want to give a, a quick shout out to the founding members, the very first people to uh, join me in this community. My audience has already started growing. And so I want to say thank you to Gary. Gary, you are a bold American. Thank you to James, a bold American. And thank you as well. Uh, I don't know if he wants his name used, so I'll just say James as well. Another James. I have two Jameses. Became bold Americans. You guys are the founding members in that Patreon page. And then there's so many other people. John Kendricks, Chris, Matt, Luke, Luke. I have a Chris, 
a Melanie. I have a uh, another Joe, a uh, number of people. I'm just looking quick down. So I'm going to give you guys shout outs because as we build this community over there, I want you to know how much I really want to build a relationship where we can work together on an actionable plan to make this world just a little bit kinder, a little bit nicer and do it the right way with morals and ethics and be good to one another, be good citizens. All right. I'll be right back after the break. You're listening to America emboldened with Greg Bolden here on the America out loud network. With the rise of independent media, we are now AmericaOutloud.news. For the genius of the United States is not found in its executives or legislatures, nor its ambassadors, authors, colleges, or churches, nor even in its newspapers or inventors. The genius of the United States is we the people. AmericaOutloud.news, liberty and justice for all. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. Welcome back, Bold American, second half of the show. Let's get straight back into it. We're talking about cell phones and technology and whether or not we've heeded the warnings that screen time is bad for children as we put all these devices into their hands. Now they have access to things like chat GPT. We'll get into that by the end of the show. I'll do a future episode more in depth on that and the bias that's there, but I definitely want to acknowledge it before we wrap up today's show as well. But let's get into how teachers feel about getting rid of cell phones. When I have spoken with other educators, both within my own building as well as within other buildings, uh, speaking with people online, it seems pretty overwhelming that there are no teachers that support a student having a cell phone out in their classroom. Now, there is some people that have made statements, and one of the articles that I have posted with a link, I think they do a nice job of stating this. It was a, a Bennett Day Upper School director in Chicago, Martin Moran. He said, cell phone bans demonstrate a dereliction of the school's duty to equip students to participate thoughtfully and responsibly in modern society. And I've been where Martin has been for several years. 
that I believed as a career education teacher, it was my job and my responsibility to teach a student how to sit with the technology in their pocket or in front of them responsibly so it did not become a distraction to make them career ready. But I was wrong. I'm telling you I was wrong and Martin is wrong as well. The reason why Martin is wrong is because we're forgetting that they're children and you cannot teach them to be participating thoughtfully and responsibly in modern society if they don't have the social skills first. So if you take the cell phones and you put them in the schools, we already know what happens. And this is also in a lot of these articles, you get stressed, you get anxiety. Why? Because kids are being bullied with the cell phones. When there's a fight, everybody takes out their phone, they film it. And now the kid that got their rear end beat ends up having his face plastered all over Instagram and TikTok and everywhere else. Adults start sharing it going, can you believe what happens in these schools? And the kid that got beat up then feels re-victimized again because they're watching themselves get beat up being seen by over a million people. And so they come back into the school, their friends are upset as well, and it starts more violence. See, violence begets violence. We already know this. But yet these kids, they take out their phones right away. The first thing they do is they film. They film it and they post it. And let me tell you, if you don't know about gang activity in, in the United States either, Gang members, they have Instagram pages. They don't post photos on them, but they post stories where they will use after they have killed somebody, another teenager in a gang attack, they'll publish stories so they can egg on the other rival gangs that they got them off their turf. Talk to a police officer about this. I have firsthand knowledge from speaking to the police about this in several states. I've seen the accounts on Instagram as well. This would not happen if cell phones were not so readily available to teenagers to use at a whim. So looking at Martin's words, the other part that I could argue back with is, you know what, Martin? In a modern society, yeah, we need to equip students. But is equipping students the first thing, giving them a device that's going to distract them for nine hours plus a day? I don't believe so. What I need to prepare my students properly is for them to be attentive to the lessons that I'm giving. And when we have hands-on experience with cameras, with radio gear, with podcasting equipment, whatever it may be, that they're actively engaged and not distracted by whatever their friends are sending in the middle of the day based upon TikTok or parents being like, hey, Uncle Tom just died. That is like five times removed on the family. And the kid all of a sudden breaks down the tears. Why are we texting children about things that are going to upset them during the school day? Wait till they get home. It's a safe haven. Do you remember when schools used to be safe havens? And so, no, I don't agree that we need a, a duty to teach kids about technology anymore. You know what? Parents, that's your job. That's your responsibility. I need to teach curriculum. I do not need to teach how the cell phone is going to need to be weighed for them. Now, there's some other great articles out there that talk about why it's gotten so contested. Some people will break this down to dollars and cents. And they go, you know what? Having all this technology for kids, you know, it's, it's great for lowering the cost for what we would need if we were purchasing all these textbooks. And uh, you know what? This is a great way to be able to put all this extra technology via apps in their hands that they can download on their iPads and all these other things. Now, there are school districts that, for the most part, I believe the policy from the school boards is let the teachers 
monitor what they want with their uh, devices in their classroom. And so a few years ago myself, I put in a cell phone locker. And it was first my policy, kids would put the cell phone in the locker, they would get it back at the end of class. Let me tell you, that didn't work. That, that went over like uh, <laughs> horribly, because what the students eventually do is the kids would either just say, I'm not putting it in there, and then I got to send the kid out, and now they're missing instructional time when they normally wouldn't miss instructional time, and so they were defiant. And then what ends up happening back is the kid gets ridden up, and eventually a kid could get suspended, or... Eventually, the school will just get annoyed with the teachers for constantly sending kids out for their cell phone. And I'm sitting there or the other teacher would be sitting there going, well, if they just weren't allowed to have them, we wouldn't have this problem. Um, at this point, I've given up the battle on cell phones. I tell my students that being every, every year. The cell phone can be out in front of you. If it's in your lap over and over again, you're leaving my room. You're not going to be in my classroom. Uh, when you're ready to learn, you can be in the classroom with everybody else. But if you're distracting yourself and now the kids that are really quiet, that have it, they're hiding it. Sometimes I don't catch them till later. And I look at that when their grades start coming out and I see that they're failing repeatedly and the parents are going, well, what aren't you doing? But aren't you teaching this well in the class? I'm, I'm thinking, I'm teaching it perfectly fine. Uh, little Johnny over here has a cell phone in between his lap. When I think he's looking down at his Chromebook, he's actually looking down at his cell phone and he won't get off it. Well, why didn't you tell me? Well, I'm telling you now because I just discovered it as far as what's happening. Oh, well, what are you doing to, to stop it? Well, I'm going to ask you, why don't you not have little Johnny have a cell phone in school? Well, I can't do that. I need to be able to reach him should something happen. Yeah, that's right. You call the school, call the main office, and you can reach him. All right. So instead of looking at the information that I presented about Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, not wanting them, we've now created a create your own cell phone policy for everybody. And they're going to get contradicting reports from classroom to classroom, one teacher might be okay with something that another teacher's not, which is why we need school boards to get involved into this conversation. Now, here is the good news. The good news is there's already studies that have been done that have weighed both the cost and benefits of having cell phones in schools. Harvard, they put out a study uh, back in 2022. And what they found was by uh, allowing phones into the classroom, it negatively impacted overwhelmingly test scores and long-term learning retention. They also discovered there's a correlation study that suggests negative relationships between off-task device use and student achievement. And then further in their psychological studies, in that research, they found that multitasking generally found negative effects on learning and task completion. And more generally, research now has shown that cell phones distract and negatively impact reaction times, performance, enjoyment of focal tasks, and your cognitive capacity. Okay, if the studies have shown all of these negative effects in the most impressionable time in a young person's life is when they're in high school, right? We're looking at 14 to 18 years of age, getting them ready for the working world should they choose not to go off to a college. And if you've ever listened to my show, you know that I don't think college is for everybody. Make sure it's something that needs an advanced degree. There's plenty of career fields and trades. But if we have the studies and we know the children are going to have possibly their educational futures ripped apart and ruined by cell phones, and that it's overwhelming, negative. Can you think of anything else in society where we would say to somebody, oh man, 
<laughs> that's really bad for you. Um, but go ahead. Uh, we're just going to make it part of the curriculum. You know what? Let's, let's start smoking cigarettes, kids. Let's, let's just bring back the camels, right? Everybody will have a camel. Joe cool. will come into my classroom. All my students, we're all going to light up and have cigarettes because it's going to chill out my classroom with the nicotine. And we're going to ignore the fact that we have decades of research now that tells us that cigarette smoke is bad for our lungs. It can cause cancer and the nicotine's addictive and can cause psychological disturbances, especially with young people as well. Let's just throw the studies out the window and say, well, you know what? Let's just have a fun classroom. We're going to bring cigarettes into the classroom. Now, do you realize how absolutely asinine and stupid that sounds? It makes me sound like a complete donkey. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to point this out because that's what cell phones are. Cell phones are a danger to young people. They're a danger to the young people when they get behind the wheel as well, lowering reaction times, distracting them. When's the last time you were in the car and you looked over at a young person and they're on their phone with it in their hands? We have hands-free technology and these kids can't get out of that long enough. How many people have died in just the United States or just your state based upon cell phones and distraction? Yes, that's right. They're deadly. So why are we relying on them in the classroom? Now, one of the parts of the study from Harvard says when it comes to emergencies, students likely feel safer having access to a phone, but the day in and day out component of school safety is how the students use phones within school. This might include things like bullying, harassment, videotaping, and posting the social media. And those are reasons why having phones within schools could potentially be accelerators of negative student behavior. These safety measures, which look at how safe students feel in classrooms, hallways, locker rooms, cafeterias, show a pretty negative jump after the ban has been lifted, which suggests to me that having a phone is at least interrupting a student's ability to safely navigate the spaces that are supposed to be safe spaces. When you go to school, you're supposed to have a right to an education without distractions. You're not supposed to feel like all of a sudden your image is going to wind up somewhere. I was having a conversation with one of my students just today, and they said that they were upset when they found out that uh, their photo appeared on a Instagram page because they don't have a social media presence. They don't want a social media presence. And yet they saw this and all of a sudden they said their anxiety started going through the roof because there is a reason in their life that they do not want to be on camera, but they don't have a way to opt out of this when this is happening in the classrooms. So what about the schools that have decided to ban the phones? Well, we can look no further than a school in Washington, PA, Pennsylvania, Washington Junior High School. They are using an unlocking mechanism that when you leave the school at the end of the day, you put this bag up and it unlocks the bag. When you're inside the building, it's locked. If you forget to lock your phone at the beginning of the day, if you don't and it comes out during the day, the school can confiscate your phone and your parent has to come in with it. And if you violate that ever again, you are suspended. You continue to violate it. You do not go to school there. It's a pouch called Yonder. All right. That's uh, one of the solutions that people have for it, a yonder pouch. So the students will have their phones on them, but at the end of the academic day, it unlocks and they can now use their phone after school. They can call their parents and it is going extremely well. Now, the United States Surgeon General 
Vivek Murthy already said earlier in 2023 that kids younger than 14 shouldn't use social media. However, we know that people are lying about their age and signing up for TikTok and social media. They're all over it. We know that ChatGPT is not supposed to be used by uh, children as well, but now they're being used in classrooms and you got teachers that are like, oh, ChatGPT can help you with this. Really? Have you read the user agreement? Have you looked at see that AI is not supposed to be used by certain age groups? Because let's face it, number one, they're not going to understand how the spot bias, how the spot a lack of morality. And on top of that, we're not teaching them. This is no different than just going to Wikipedia and copying and pasting and putting it in. Now, the other thing that I've talked about on my show, anxiety and depression, it's, it's rising rapidly amongst my students and the adult pop population as well. They've linked cell phones and social media as an exasperator and accelerator of that problem. And they've linked the uh, pandemic as well as something that was a PTSD style events. Other school districts we can look at is principals in Florida's Orange County. They banned cell phones there after school board said they weren't going to allow them in the school. And they found they have students that are actually speaking with one another that there's more socialization in the school, that violence has gone down amongst their school district, that kids are engaged in classroom activities when the principals and the system principals walk in. They have far fewer discipline problems and their violent behavior report has lessened by banning cell phones in the schools. Educators will tell you, violence in bullying or fighting normally starts on text messages or social media. So when you remove that phone, it's going to discourage that style of behavior. Maybe they still do it at home, but the kid's not worrying about it all day looking at it while they're in the teacher's classroom. All right. So teachers right now, they don't want phones out because they don't want to find themselves on social media. And of course, it's one of the right talking points of uh, put a phone in every single kid. They just don't want to be filmed because they don't want us to know the, the woke teaching that they're doing. Look, parents, here's what I tell you. Number one, uh, if, if you really want to know what I'm teaching all day long, uh, I'm more than happy to provide a video that only showed my face talking to you. Uh, we, we could figure something like that out because I have nothing in my classroom that I would be uh, embarrassed to share. And the reason I say that is I know that you will find me in moments where I'm goofing around with my students. I'm joking around and out of context, maybe that makes it on the social media and a parent's like, oh my God, can you believe that this teacher just said this in the middle of that class or made this joke in context, you understand it as part of the overall lesson. You understand it from my engagement level. We don't want students that are going to film things out of context we don't want people taking pictures of things that are inappropriate during our classroom that we have no idea that they were taking photos of because we were distracted by one of the other 25 students in our classroom. Have you ever had 30 students in a class and tried to manage everything in a small space and keep everybody on task? Look, unless you understand a teacher's life, don't criticize the teacher's life. You got to understand and get down on it first. All right. And then... We also know that students will text another student to tell them, hey, we're going to fight. Well, you can't do that to another classroom. You don't have kids coming out of the class, meeting in the hallways once you collect the cell phones. So can we, as bold Americans, band together 
on this issue that we know that Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, we can actually agree with them on something that the cell phone technology, the screen time is harmful to our teenagers. And can we get at least that out of the schools? I don't think we're going to be bringing back textbooks. I don't think uh, that's happening. That ship has sailed. We are going to have Chromebooks. We're going to have things that we can at least lock down. Teachers can monitor via uh, go guardian and other types of devices. But the cell phones that we cannot monitor. Parents, I, I hope that you're hearing some of these words today and you're taking it to heart. Would you go to your school boards? Would you tell your school boards? Would you look at these studies from Harvard? Would you look at these school districts in Pennsylvania and in Florida? Would you look across the country where they're taking cell phones out of the classrooms and finding the kids are more engaged, finding the apathy that reigned in after the pandemic has finally ended. It's finally stopped its reign of terror on the classrooms and kids are now waking back up to a more social personal experience because we did the right thing. We understood that screen time in this way was bad for our school kids and it was not helping them in the classroom. If you're a teacher, do the brave thing, stand up with your administrators. Your administrators want your leadership. Let me tell you, I, I don't think in any way, shape or form, an administrator is sitting there right now going, nope, your kids got to have their cell phones. Nope. They're waiting for you teachers to give them the lead. You're in the classroom every single day. And all these administrators, they want you to look good because when you look good, they look good and their school looks good. Lead by principle right now. Go to your leadership and say, hey, we're coming up with a plan how to get these phones out of our schools. Then start talking to superintendents about these studies as well and make a plan. And then if you are a parent of a teenager, find ways to have conversations with your kids right now to tell them they don't need to be addicts in this part of their life, right? As long as they're under your roof, you can set boundaries. It's so important to set these boundaries, ladies and gentlemen. I cannot stress that enough. And then there's the whole thing with chat GPT and AI. I'm going to be covering this on a future show, but I wanted to tease it just a little bit because there's a story you can probably find on my, uh, my good brother, uh, Chris Michaels show. If you listen to the last call podcast with Chris Michaels, I have a feeling he's going to be talking about IBM and IBM who's helping to develop uh, their own AI had a whole uh, white privilege <laughs> segment in their training that quite honestly, it was very offensive to anybody who's white. Um, we've, we've gone woke crazy. There, there are certain things that we can acknowledge about uh, maybe policies and years of uh, inequity, uh, inequality, and maybe keeping people in those systems. We can have that. But when AI is starting to be trained that everything white people have done is bad for society and is racist, that only white people can be racist. When AI starts, starts learning that, and then we're telling our kids, let's use ChatGPT and this AI being programmed by these same individuals. Oh, sweet hell, we have a problem. We have a major problem. I'm going to cover that on, on one of my premium episodes on the Patreon page. We'll get a little bit more in depth, and I got a couple people I can speak to for that as well, and maybe make that a... Uh, a multi-part segment or just a, a couple hour long thing that you can share out and get. If you found today's episode uh, very uh, helpful, type in America Emboldened on Spotify or on your favorite podcast network. Make sure you're subscribing to the show as well. Not just the network page, go subscribe to that network page, but also subscribe just to my podcast and send it out to a friend that you think needs to hear this message about cell phones in the classroom. I'm telling you, it's vital. 
You got to save your future. You got to get active on this right now. I hope that I've honored all of your time well. Make sure that you go over patreon.com backslash America Emboldened, where you can join as a member of the Bold American family. It's been a pleasure bringing you this one, ladies and gentlemen. I'll be back Friday with the weekly recap as we prepare for the Christmas week coming up next week. You've been listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden here on the America Out Loud Network. Be bold, America. Uh, uh.